uh, little kids are not going to remember exactly what they learned in Sunday school. Mm. Uh-huh. Okay. They don't. If you sit, if you th- sit back and think, do I remember what I learned growing up going to Islamic school on the weekend? Do you remember anything? No. <laughs> oh, but what they will remember is the feeling. Oh. Ah, They will remember the feeling. They will remember the emotions. A sign of the times that we see today, unfortunately, is that many from the youth and adults alike feel disconnected and far away from Islam. Have you wondered why this is so? Perhaps it is rooted in the way our deen is conveyed to us, or perhaps negative cultural biases which are not necessarily from the teachings of Islam may contribute to a traumatic and false perception of Islam. In this episode, we are honored to have Ustad Abdul Rahman Chow, all the way from Houston, Texas, who is a graduate from the Islamic University of Medina and Vanderbilt University, who is a passionate educator and a firm advocate of empowering youth with critical thinking. Join us as we go through his own journey of skepticism and disillusionment towards his surroundings as a youth, his search for meaning and identity, and his journey of rediscovering the truth, which is Islam. Do stay with us till the end as it is essential to take into account this entire story and there are many gems that we can perhaps learn from, especially in regards to how we nurture our youth and the importance of critical thinking in education. Barakallahu feekum. Walau anna ahla al-qura amanu wa attaqaw la fatahna alayhim barakatim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillah Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi Wa man tabi'hum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddin Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Waalaikumsalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Barakah Effect Podcast. The topic of our discussion this week is empowering critical thinking in Muslim youth. And for this episode, we have streaming live all the way from Houston, Texas, Ustaz Abdurrahman Chow. Welcome, Ustaz. Hayyakumullah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for making time with us on, uh, on this episode of the Barakah Podcast. Mm-hmm. So, mashallah, Ustaz Abdurrahman. So, for the benefit of our listeners out there who are listening, who are hearing from you for the first time, and I think I, I want to add as well that you were born in Malaysia. Did I get that right? Yes, that is correct. Mashallah. <clears throat> yeah, we have this yeah. thing, Ustaz. Like when we hear something, is ah, oh, he's from Malaysia. We have this. We, we fanboy out for his moment. Like, oh, mashallah, he's Malaysian. Yeah. Instant interest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mashallah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. Yeah. So yeah, for the benefit of our listeners out there who are listening for you from you for the first time, we'd like love to know just a bit more about you. So uh, maybe I, I remember like he- hearing about you in your biography and you know some of your personal journey in your youth as well. So mashallah, what really caught my attention is that your your journey of discovering sort of like this existential crisis that you have as a youth. So maybe can you enlighten that like, on how you got there and your journey towards Islam and pursuing Islamic studies, mashallah. Yes. So first and foremost, uh, thank you for having me and uh, appreciate the time and and the opportunity. So Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Salaam, Rasulullah, in the name of Allah and the 
uh, and all praises due to Allah and uh, salutations and blessings upon Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So, a little bit about myself. So, my family they are from my parents. They are from uh, Taiwan, and um, as you know, uh, there were two major migrations of Chinese people that went to Taiwan. So there was one that happened, you know, hundreds of years ago. And then there was one that happened, I don't know, 70 years ago uh, when there was the, you know, the communists and the non-communists. And so the non-communists, the original Republican uh, government, they, you know, just ran to Taiwan. Um, Uh. So... Yeah, so my mother is a convert, she's a revert, and my father was born a Muslim, so my entire father's side, we are, alhamdulillah, we are born Muslim, Um, I think we're, I don't know, the 20, I'm the 26th generation, 27th generation. Um, Yeah, so um, my family, my my grandfather originally comes from a a small village um, in North northeastern China. Most people know of Muslims in northwest China, right? Mm. Uh, we're not even talking about like uh, Turkestan, Xinjiang, you know, those areas. We're talking about, you know, when they say western China, they're referring to like Ningxia and Lanzhou and these sort of areas which are just neighbors to uh, Xinjiang, basically Turkestan, East Turkestan. Um, <clears throat> so you know, you definitely hear of Muslims in southern China, like Yunnan. A lot of them, they go to like Myanmar, Thailand, but you don't hear as much from northeast China. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, um, uh, uh, you know, my grandparents, they, you know, they, my great grandparents, they all moved to Taiwan. Uh, you know, because of the communists, you know, <laughs> so, um, and, uh, um, and later my grandfather moved to Malaysia and, uh, I was born in Malaysia and, uh, uh, I was a child. I mean, I was only in Malaysia for a very short period of time. Um, uh, and then we moved to Saudi for two years or almost three years. And then we came to America, moved around East coast, West coast. Oh, wow. And now I am in Texas. Um, a little bit about my journey is, I think you, we, you know, this, this, this story that I'm going to say is, can be identified and people who are born Muslim can possibly identify this. And that is, you know, when you're born Muslim, you, you're sort of just put in that kind of situation where you are growing up being Muslim and you really don't know exactly why you're Muslim. You're just Muslim because you're told you're Muslim. You're Muslim because you have dietary restrictions. You're Muslim and they tell you, you have to go to the masjid and you mm. go pray Jum'ah. Yeah. <clears throat> as for why, as for how, as for questions, mm. it, wasn't really, uh, it wasn't really a part of our family to dig deep into it. I mean, compared to other Chinese Hui Muslims, whether they are from China or whether they ran to Taiwan, um, like my father's side, 
we were considered extremely religious. Oh, okay. Because oh. we prayed because we prayed five times a day. So we were like, oh, you know, oh. so religious, so conservative. Wow. Oh, really? Okay. Islam in China, unfortunately, is extremely, extremely, it has become so cultural that Islam is now simply boiled down to, oh, just don't eat pork. Don't eat, uh, you know, pig. Right. That's all what it is. Yeah. Even Three, back then, eh? even in your years of youth, that was kind of the how Islam was. No, no, no. We no, we were we were, you know, we were conservative in the sense that, you know, we prayed, we fasted. Mm. Oh, but okay. we didn't really know much about the rules of Islam. It was just okay. like, yeah, 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 you know, we're Muslim. You know, we're just, you know, we pray and that's it. Um, just like something that you had to do. Exactly. Just something that you have to do. And I think yeah, that, yeah. you know, for the audience in Malaysia as well, and anyone around the world who's hearing this, I think that 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 that, that would be something not too far from the reality as oh, well. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. totally relatable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You can I mean, identify yeah. with that. Yeah. It's born right into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really think about it. Yeah. Um, so... <sighs> I mean, it, it was, it's such a, it's such a, it, it was so difficult for me because, um, you know, we are Muslim, but we don't really identify with Chinese people as much because they do so many other things that we don't do. And I go to the masjid and, you know, in America, and obviously I'm now the minority of the minority. Um, oh, that's wow. true. Yeah. So, you know, you've got the African-Americans, you've got the Arabs, you've got the Indo-Pak subcontinent, and then you'll still find Malaysians, Indonesians, Somalis, right? Afghan. You're going to find all the ethnicities, right? Filipino, Muslims. And then you're going to, especially the ones from like Mindanao, right? You'll find some of them. Right. And then like the, like the, then you'll find like the, no, you'll find white Muslims, white American Muslims Whoa, more than even us. before. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Right. Oh, subhanallah. And then you'll find like us. You know, we're just like we are like, you know, like you know they said like uh, what was it? Um, there are some turtle species in the Galapagos Islands <laughs> that were like so okay. few left in the world. It's like, oh, these are the only five left in the world. <laughs> so we we're kind of like the the these uh, these like Galapagos turtles that are just like, oh, yeah, you know, we're Muslim, um, but you know, alhamdulillah, um, it's 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 fine, you know. And so we were growing up just, oh, you know, we're Muslim. Mm. Didn't understand. So I had a lot of trouble identifying with my own culture. I had a lot of trouble fitting in with other cultures as well, just trying to understand the dominant culture, the Arab Indo-Pak culture. And in my experience, I found it to be really, really difficult emotionally and spiritually because I go to the masjid and, you know, I have to always explain myself, defend myself as to, are you really a Muslim? Oh, and, even in the I, States, you would experience this, yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, wow. You know, well, really? Are you a convert? And I don't blame them for not knowing that because why would they? Why should they, right? Mm-hmm. But there is this underlying tone when, when, when people don't know. Like, um, and this is something that transcends not just my ethnicity, but if you're African-American, you're a white American, if you are from a minority that's outside Arab, Middle East, 
Indo-Pak Afghan sort of narrative, then the assumption is either you're a convert or you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we will, we, we, we carry the true Islam. You know, you got to, you got to learn it from us, right? Ah, we are, okay. we understand the deen, right? right. And so right. it's, it's really, really funny because it's, it's like, and what is your claim to fame? Oh, <laughs> your culture, right? So if you really think about it, their claim to fame is actually their own views or beliefs or mm-hmm. ignorance that they think that their Islam is more legitimate because they were born in a country where there's a lot of Muslims. Mm. Um, and it's really funny because, you know, when I tell, when I tell, um, when you tell some people in the Middle East, like you do know that there are more Muslims in China than <laughs> countries in the Middle East, right? There's like there's like 70 million Muslims. It's like more than Syria, more than Saudi Arabia, Oman, Bahrain, Emirates, okay, Palestine, Jordan. It's like you know maybe Egypt is like a hundred something million, right? But but generally it's like you know not real they're like but we just never knew it's like well that's your problem (laughs) (laughs) your problem that you never knew right um um and 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 so there's this there's this constant explaining so the point that i'm trying to get to is just to keep it brief is is that um you know i was memorizing quran and obviously that was something that my parents thought was good for me back then and i know they had good intentions uh and you know i was memorizing with this egyptian sheikh etc and i had different teachers along the way and um unfortunately you know um you know our 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 parents generation and them they they don't, I would say they don't know better in terms mm. of like tarbiya islamiya, right? Mm. Adab and tarbiya islamiya, Islamic education, right? So, so for them, tarbiya is, you know, smack. Tarbiya is, you know, education is smack, whip, you know, beat and shame. And, you know, if you don't listen, we're going to punish you, right? Mm. And so during that phase of memorizing Quran, um, I felt... I personally felt that, and I know this might sound like really shocking, but, and and it's, and I, and I want to say this because I feel like a lot of the young kids, they're not, they don't have the, the, the ability or the courage to speak up on how they feel because they're told to basically, like, like I said before, you know, shut up and sit down. Um, and, And, and so I basically felt that my parents or any Muslim parents, um, out there were, and you know you have to remember this is the the the, the mentality of a fourteen year old, the thirteen year old. Um, so my mentality was, wow, Muslims are really big hypocrites. Oh wow! Oh wow! I said, wow, Muslims are such hypocrites. Mm. You know, mm. it's like whenever when, it's it's like, oh well, you know, kids have to memorize Quran, but you never see the parents memorize the Quran. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Uh, the parents are never memorizing the Quran. And when you when you ask them, oh, why don't you memorize the Quran? Oh, you know, we're old. 
old, you know, we can't, we have bad memory, we can't, we have jobs to do, you know, this is a good time for you because you're young and, you know, you should do it. Yes, great, you know, checkbox, great. But last time I checked, Quran memorization was not something done for the little kids. It's something to be done over your entire life. It's something that every Muslim should be striving for, right? Like the yeah. Quran verse that says, yeah. right? And we have made the Quran easy for remembrance, right? For memorization, for ret- retention in the memory. So are there any people out there who will actually go and uh, you know, memorize it. And, and, you know, the verse didn't say for children only, <laughs> for, for little children, and okay. not for adults. You know, if you're, if you're old uh, and you have a job, you don't have to memorize Quran or you memorize Quran when you're like 65 years old and you don't have anything better to do. Right. And so that's how I felt. So I felt like the elder generation, because you look at other parents who were sending their kids to memorize Quran, I hardly see them memorizing Quran either. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt like, yeah, well, what kind of uh, hypocrisy is this? Right. Right. And so you oh, sort of saw like a disconnect between the people who are telling you to, to learn Quran, right? but they're not uh, practicing it themselves, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, for me, it's just this idea of, you know, if memorizing Quran is such an amazing thing, then shouldn't everyone be doing it? Yeah. Right? Mm. It's 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 like this idea of, you know, if ice cream is good, I expect, every, I mean, everyone should be getting a line for ice cream, right? Why am I getting a line for ice cream? I mean, if it, or is it ice cream? You know? Right. I was uh, hoping, Sheikh, that you would say that, oh, yeah, I already did in my early years, so now it's your turn. But that's that, that never was the oh, answer, yeah? Oh. <laughs> okay, subhanAllah. So hence, that's why you concluded it as like an observed hypocrisy. Absolutely. Oh, subhanAllah. I, I, absolutely. I thought it was very, very hypocritical. And I just thought, wow, you guys are really two-faced, right? You know, you got one standard for your kids, one standard for yourself, and one standard for someone else. So, I, you know, I felt, I felt that, you know, that was... Okay, you know, I just thought, no, that's not okay. So, and also another thing was, you know, when I went, like I said, when I went to the masjid, I felt that there was a lot of racism, there was a lot of discrimination, there was a lot of uh, labeling and assumptions, like I said, you know, like, oh, are you sure? Like, even as an adult, even as an adult, okay, when I go to some, some, functions like you know not in my capacity as uh, you know a student of knowledge etc but you know if i go to someone's house for dinner and let's and you know i usually don't say anything you know i don't come you know walking and acting like you know i'm just like i'm a guest i'm coming to eat food right and sometimes the discussion would turn to something islamic or something and you will see like the regular people in the room just starting to give their opinions about what they think about the ruling is Right. And, you know, one person would start saying this, another person would start saying that. And obviously it's not that it's wrong, but it's presented in a way where it is presented as this is the only opinion. Right. And I, I do have this very vivid experience uh, until now. Um, there was this Egyptian brother who was sitting there. And I mean, I, look, like I said, I don't go around and say like, oh, <laughs> look at me. No, I don't, you know, no, I, I'm just, you know, sitting there like a normal person. And I, and I remember someone was asking this question about like, 
traveling and shortening salah. Um, and someone was asking, so a few people in the gathering, they, they, they kind of knew that, you know, I had studied a little bit. So they were asking and, and uh, so they, they looked at me and they asked me, and I just simply said, oh, well, you know, there's obviously a difference of opinion on this, but, you know, for this specific issue, it would appear it's just this, right? For this issue, it's that, et cetera. And don't know why there was an Egyptian brother, a young man. Um, he is the son of a well-respected person in the community. Uh, not that his father was a sheikh or anything, but, you know, just someone. And that's the thing. You know, when you're the, the child of someone who is a little bit more knowledge, you know, you kind of act like as if you magically inherited that knowledge through yep. your DNA. Mm. You know, it, it's this attitude, you know, like, oh. And this person wasn't even a sheikh. So imagine if someone is Ibn al-Sheikh, you know, he's a Sheikh's son or the daughter, you know, there's, you, you will see those kind of people where they take advantage of that kind of, a, uh, you know, position. And so he, he just said like, oh, wait, wait, uh, well, I just want to say that, you know, there is a difference of opinion. So did you follow up with what is the difference of opinion? What is the textual evidence for this difference of opinion? Uh, how is that opinion extracting the ruling from this evidence? And how is that different from the... No, it was just he felt compelled to kind of put me in my place. Oh, gotcha. Uh, like, okay. Difference of opinion, okay, everyone. There's, there's, it's, there's a difference of opinion, all right. And 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 it's this, it's this, it's this kind of uh, passive aggressiveness, mm. uh, uh, right? And it's 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 like this kind of. And I have no problem engaging in a lively discussion, but it was, but it was because the way how it was said, and I just didn't want to escalate or to you know make it more complicated. So I just said yes, of course. There's difference of opinion, you know. And, and this is this is a great uh, segue to the idea of, you know, how one of the things that people say about critical thinking mm. right. is one of the things that they say is difference of opinion, mm. difference of opinion, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's and, and, and they don't understand that difference of opinion amongst the ulama is not based on you know, what I had for breakfast and if I like chocolate or vanilla, difference of opinion is based on scholastic academic research and approach. You know, um, I always, I always tell people, lay people, what is a fatwa? Mm. Well, you know, when you ask people, what is a fatwa? They don't know what a fatwa is. Mm. A fatwa is literally the equivalent of you, like for example, if you're in Malaysia, you go to a judge in the court system in Malaysia, okay? 
and you it doesn't have to be an islamic court it can just be any court okay or you go to a lawyer mm -hmm. and you say okay so in the malaysian laws uh there is this code you know section la 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 you know if you do this and this and this and this and when they come and they interpret that law for you and they say well the law seems like this and this and this it would seem to be that this is the interpretation of the law okay mm -hmm. a fatwa is literally the legal opinion mm -hmm of a scholar you cannot that it, it's not enforceable mm. it's the personal opinion so so when you hear people saying like you know like a fatwa etc they don't understand what a fatwa is they just think like oh you know it's like some sacred secret sacred rule that just came down Okay, right? And I'm not here to challenge the importance of a fatwa. It's just this idea of, you know, when we talk about criti criti critical thinking, one of those things is when you say, oh, difference of opinion. Right. And you have that one extreme where they take the fatwa at the level of Quran and Hadith. And then you have the other extreme where they take the opinion of the scholars as, oh, personal difference of opinion. Mm, gotcha. right? yeah, it's yeah. just a difference of opinion right yeah, so you go to this lawyer, you get this opinion you go to that lawyer you get that opinion it's just it's just you know it's a free market isn't it like, it's essentially free market. Yeah. 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 so you know so i actually um for a while i stopped memorizing quran and i said you know what i'm going to stop identifying as muslim because I don't, I don't feel comfortable being a part of a faith that, uh, that uh, I don't feel convinced by. I feel, you know, because it's a lot of, that's the thing with a lot of youth. Whenever you see these youth that are leaving Islam, it's not actually based on something within Islam. It's like some emotion, trauma, experience. Mm, very personalized kind of experience. Very personal, right? Mm. Something happened to them in their life that was painful, mm. horrific, terrible, and traumatic. And, and perhaps the way how it was packaged to them back then had, you know, all they can remember was, well, this is what Islam says, right? And so they associate that negativity with, well, you know, mm. it was because of that. And so for a while, I started researching about other religions. I started thinking, hmm, well, Let's 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 you know, let's let's go look in the different religions. You know, like a buffet, right? Sort of like you go to a buffet, you know, fried chicken. You know, okay, okay. Right. So I'm like looking, picking, choosing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I started going down all the different religions, right? And so started going through Judaism. I started reading it. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I see a lot of commonality between Judaism and Islam, you know. And, um, and then I'm going down Christianity, Catholicism. Just like, yeah, this Trinitarianism doesn't make any sense. No Just, I'm wondering at this point did you have some basic understanding about Islam or did you just straight away go to the others to start your buffet so to speak um, I just had basically whatever I was taught growing up, whatever seeing uh, gotcha. that's okay. it, Sunday okay. school, you know, it, it, okay. it, it, you know, um, I just don't have, and, and that's something that I want to talk about later. Um, I'm going to write it down somewhere just so that I don't forget. Sure. Is this idea of, um, is this idea of little kids 
are not going to remember exactly what they learned in Sunday school. Mm. Uh-huh. Okay. They don't. If you sit, if you sit back and think, do I remember what I learned growing up going to Islamic school on the weekend? Do you remember anything? No. <laughs> but what they will remember is the feeling. Oh. Ah, they will remember the feeling. They will remember the emotions. And what's really important is, you know, so make a note of that and we'll talk about that later. Wow. Um, yeah. So I I just basically felt that, you know, I need to go and figure out what is going on. I need to uh I need to really understand what what Islam is, right? So, so I started reading up about Judaism and I was like, yeah, this is more like a religion for a specific ethnicity. Started reading up about Buddhism and it's just like, oh, they don't even believe in a God. Okay, well, don't, doesn't really sit well with me. And then it, you know, started going down all the religions, you know, Zoroastrianism. And, wow, you know, Zoroastrianism. And, uh, wow. <laughs> you, know, you know, Jainism, Zen Buddhism and uh, Mahayana Buddhism and all these other uh, forms of Buddhism because my mother's side, they're, they're still like, you know, Buddhists, etc. Okay. My grandma and, you know, the, my relatives. So, you know, they're, they're, you, you will definitely feel attracted like that, you know, you definitely feel some sort of attraction to that kind of thing. You know, this idea of peace and serenity mm. and, um, I'm just going to write this down so that I don't forget because I want to talk about it later. Um, and I remember growing up as a kid, I had this, I was in a class and I saw this movie because we were studying about world religions. And I remember, uh, um, uh, uh, I remember seeing this movie. Let me just, let me just double check what, it, what, it, what the title was. Um, yeah. So this movie was in 1993. It was called Little Buddha. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it was a drama film. It wasn't, it wasn't a comedy or anything like that, but it basically, it was, um, uh, and, and, you know, funny thing is, um, you know, Keanu Reeves from The Matrix, um, you know, he actually was playing the Buddha in oh. that film. Oh. No way. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It's really interesting. I and mean, you've got big names in there like Bridget Fonda, etc. Uh, and so basically I e- remember even in, even the way Reza said, whoa, it's like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, Keanu Reeves, right? I mean, he was, he was, he was, I mean, that was the real matrix, you know? So, so I mean, forget the matrix that he was in. I mean, so it's this it's this idea that there's these monks, right? in Bhutan and they're searching for the rebirth of, of some Lama, right? Not the Dalai Lama, but some Lama, right? And, um, um, and so they, they start looking, 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 and they end up thinking that there is this American boy who is who is like you know the son of an architect or something from Seattle, Washington? Um, they think it's this kid who's the reincarnation, right? And so, anyways, the the uh, anyway, so the point of the movie was that I mean, it's like okay, so they end up realizing that oh, all of these kids, like the American kid and these other two, three other kids, they were all reincarnations of the Buddha, right? 
of, 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 of llama, whatever it is. Right. And so I remember when I was watching this film, I remember that I, even though I knew nothing about Buddhism, I have no idea what Buddhist theology is. I have no idea where, how Buddhism was actually a response to Hinduism, right? Buddhism, if you study oh, okay. it, it's a response uh, to Hinduism. It's this idea of you can break out of reincarnation, right? You can keep- Ah, uh, break know, the cycle. So, so you can break the cycle because Hinduism, you're basically, you know, keep in on. this cycle for a God knows how long, right? Right. So, 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 so Buddhism was, was this, was this idea of, you know, like this, this idea of, you know, we can get out of this, this, um, um, this cycle of reincarnation, this suffering, and all of those things, those little parts of, you see in Buddhism, like peace, you know, not attaching yourself to the dunya, not attaching yourself to the world hmm. and looking for the truth and searching for the truth. And, uh, you know, and you can think of like uh, 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 Toba as like a form of rebirth metaphorically, you know, this is, uh, you know, the 11 year old brain of mine, right? <laughs> yeah. You're 11 year old so, at this time, yeah? Yeah. Oh, so oh. It, it had, a, even though that movie, um, uh, really didn't, uh, even though that movie really, if you really think about it, it's just like, okay, yeah, th th they thought they were going to reincarnate into one person, but it's just all three kids, I guess. What really happened is, is that that movie, because of certain themes that are shared within Islam, it had a very deep impact into, in my head. Oh. Okay. And that is something um, where a lot of uh, Muslims, mm -hmm. um, when they, young people, when they leave Islam for, you know, whatever religion it is, Christianity, Buddhism, whatever it is, it's usually like, like I said about the whole emotion thing, it's like something from that religion is connected to something that is parallel within Islam and it ha it creates a very good feeling in them. Oh, and then they jump on it, right, you know, and they right, jump right, right. on it, right? They jump on it. Um, and so I remember I started reading about Buddhism and I was like, you know, this is really interesting, you know, meditation, you know, like meditate, like Prophet said, meditating in the cave of Hera. Ah, okay. Very different. You start right? to find commonalities within yeah. the Right, right, right. And, and, and that's the thing, you find commonalities and then you think like, oh, you know, like, wow, this is good. Maybe this is the truth, right? Like, like, oh. uh, you know, and I started thinking like, oh, well, um, you know, maybe this life is really messed up, you know, because the Quran also talks about how this world is just like really nothing and you know and there's another life but you know when you're a little kid you don't you don't you don't really think about you know wait they mean reincarnation right so mm. i started studying buddhism and then i got stuck in buddhism so i got stuck i got stuck on the question of who's in charge of who gets to reincarnate into what oh wow oh, okay, okay. <laughs> who's in charge is there like is 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 Buddha the main god, or they don't even call him God, mm. but is is Siddhartha Gautama, right? Buddha, is he the one who's like, oh, you're in a, you're a mosquito, you're a fly, you're a butterfly, mm. you're a dog, no, you are a pig, and you are a horse, and you're an elephant, right? You're a whale, mm. and maybe you're a beetle. I don't know, right? Right. Yeah. 
and and to me, I, that was my question. Who's calling the shots, right? Who's calling the shots here? <laughs> right. And I started asking. I started, started asking my mom first, right? Because she used to be a Buddhist, right? And you know, Buddhist, you know, like like you know, even in Malaysia, right? Buddhist, but committing shirk in Buddhism as well, right? Like shirk within Buddhism. Wow. Yeah, shirk <laughs> on top of shirk, right? It's like worship Buddha and then worship, you know, like. Uh, you know, Guanyin and this Bodhisattva and that, you know, it's just like worship, whatever, right? Wow. And, and I asked her, I'm like, well, who's in charge? She's like, oh, actually, I don't know who's in charge, right? And I started uh, reading, 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 asking, and I'm just like, oh my God. So if I die, I don't even know who's calling the shots and what are the standards? There's got to be some wow. standards of like, hey, you, you know, you've passed this level, level up from mosquito to right. a Right, right, right. You know? what, does it, what does it take for me to be a, a cat, right? You know, or, <laughs> or, or, or right. you know, maybe I don't want to be a fly. You know, I don't want to uh, fly around right? I want right. to be a honeybee, right? I want to be a honeybee and smell flowers and eat nectar, right? Yeah, and how do I become yeah. a bird, you know, from the insect world to a, you know, an uh, animal, right? Well, and then you've got all sorts of different animals. So I was just like, well, how do I, how do I get to that, right? And so... And then I realized, oh my God, no one knows what's going on. So then I was just like, oh, putting that uh, on. Right? Right, right. So after going through all that list, I was like, okay. So then I said, like, I said, so I came to this realization, right? So I came to this realization. I came to this realization that what my problem with Islam was not Islam itself, was the people who called themselves Muslims. Mm. And, and, and I, and I had to like pause and this is, you know, I'm like this 13, so I'm like 13, 14. So I came to this wow. realization just by myself, you know, my grandfather also helped talk to me a little bit, but I came to this realization on my own that it's, or there were two realizations. Number one, you cannot judge a religion based on the people. Mm. Mm. Number two, if you're going to judge a religion, you need to know what the religion is about and not how it is practiced. Ooh, okay. wow. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because, because if you look at how it's practiced, clearly it's practiced differently and mm. in my brain, hypocritically, so, so I said, well, you know, it, it's not, it's definitely not going to be, Islam is not based, it cannot be based on what people are doing because people are different and I cannot judge. So it was like, I, I, I completed the first conclusion that Islam cannot be judged by its people. So, and then the, 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 the next conclusion basically stemmed from that first conclusion. Uh, okay. If it's not based on people, then what is it based on? So it must be based on something, right? What is it based on? It must be based based on itself. So I didn't know yet what it was based on. I just knew I had to separate my emotions and my traumatic experience and the racism or whatever it is. I had to separate that, even though it's, that is something shaitan loves to do to get people riled up in those sort of emotions so that you forget the bigger picture, right? Mm -hmm. It's like this idea of, you know, people hating a subject in school why? Because of a teacher. The teacher, oh, subhanallah. Right? Because wow. of the teacher. It's not because the subject is terrible. It's because the teacher didn't do a good job. Does that mean that the subject is terrible? No. 
It just needs to be represented again by the right person and the right time, the right frame of reference. And you have to, you like for math, you need to understand math based on what math says for itself. Ah, okay. Okay. Based on the rules that it says for itself, not based on what someone told me what math should be like. Right. And, you know, obviously that kind of, you know, comparing math to Islam is a little bit, you know, not fair, but it's, it's just this, it's just idea of, you know, you have to, you have to judge it. So then by, by what it says. So then I was like, well, I don't really know much about Islam. Right. Mm. So then I started studying, you know, learning. And then I was like, well, you know what? So my conclusion, my third conclusion was, well, if I'm going to quit Islam, I need to know Islam in and out before I can say I quit. Oh, Mm. okay. Okay. You can't quit something that you don't know. Um, yeah. Because if you quit something that you don't know, then you want you want to ask yourself, were were you really in it in the first place, mm. right? Were you even re- really inside? Were you even a part of it in the first place, right? Like you know, right. I hate cake. Okay, well, have you ever had cake before? <laughs> oh well, oh. I know. Okay, so you never even had cake, so you can't quit cake because you never had cake, right? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So that's what happened. That was my journey. And then, you know, I started learning about Islam and, you know, and then I started going to University of Medina. So I learned Arabic first before I went. um, And, and. Wow. So, so Sheikh, if I, if I phrase this correctly, your journey to study Islam, which you took to Medina was actually the process of justifying why I need to quit. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah. Wow. Wow. It was, it was, it was like, well, I need to justify why I want to quit. And if I cannot justify why I want to quit, I had a, this deep fear inside of me that I need to hold on to something before, like it was two things. I need to know what's, so it's, if you really think about it, it's like when people leave a religion and join another religion, two things have to have, have to happen. They have to be convinced that what they're leaving behind is not worth it. Mm. Right, and right. what they're going to is worth it. It's even better. So for me, it was, yeah, I kind of want to quit, but it's not really making any sense. But there is nothing better. Ah, right. I can't that's just good. quit for something right. that's question mark, right? right. Yeah. And, and so. Uh, and I, and you know, I didn't know any such thing as agnostic back then. I was know, about I to say that, Shay. I was about to say that. So it's kind of like you, you kind of was curious, but with this kind of skeptic kind of frame of mind, kind of like oh. not here, but I don't have a better alternative. So, you exactly. know, I'm just going to find out more. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I started studying Islam, learning, learning, learning. And, you know, obviously I started to, um, you know, you know, uh, take all the core classes in Medina, sit in halaqat, etc. And I started to, I started to piece together this kind of a framework in my head, right? And and and, and um, it's it's like when you tell someone, um, you know, Islamic rules are not coming from a vacuum. It's not just oh, you know, it's just some you know sheikh sitting there on a, you know on a chair and be like haram, right? It doesn't happen like that, right? It, 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 there's actually an entire process, the legal process of how the rules come about, right? And and one of the best descriptions of of fiqh, of, of jurisprudence, of how Islamic laws are extracted is that like a tree, right? So the tree is 
the roots of this tree is basically obviously the Quran and the Hadith, etc., the, the sources of Islam, right? right? And then obviously you have so those are the two main roots of of, of, of this of this tree, and then you have a uh, slightly smaller but important the concept of ijma consensus of the scholars, right? The, basically the collective understanding of the scholars about how they understand the Quran and the Hadith, and then you also, and then you also have uh, an even smaller uh, 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 basis in basically the idea of logic, etc. Right? Dalil akli, right? It's 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 a much smaller, uh, uh, and it's an if it's sort of in that computer logic of if and not, right? If it's there, then there's no need for, if it is If it is already in the Quran and the Hadith with an explicit proof, you don't need to go to any sort of logical thinking. I mean, you could, but it's not necessary, right? There's no, specifically like Qiyas, right? There's no, uh, um, there's no Qiyas analytical deduction Right, that's the rule that we learn. There is no analytical deduction when there is textual proof, right? So when you have this tree that is growing, mm. right, and basically it is shaped by the ahkam of, of the context of what was said, the Arabic language, the audience, who it was said to, when was it said to. So if you really think about it, the entire concept of fiqh is like a tree. And the, 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 the end result of the Islamic ruling is like that of a fruit Ah, and so when the mufti comes and tells you the hukum of something, or the chef tells you the hukum of something, all they're doing is giving you a slice of that fruit ah. that was pulled off the tree. Only the, 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 the scholar knows how to pick the fruit. Wow. And not mm. every fruit you pick in the same way. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Mashallah. Right, so 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 the durian, for example, Ooh, <laughs> love that. <laughs> the durian, for example, you know, it's I don't know how it's harvested, but I have heard that uh, I have heard through people that there's a certain way how you get it, you know, like it yes. drops or something like that. Uh, but do you, do you go and pull it off? I don't know. No, no, no. It just drops, Sheikh. It drops, right? So yeah, if drops, a person yeah. comes and says, I'm going to go pull it off the tree, you would say, then it's going to be raw, right? Then it's going to yeah. be, or it's not going to be ready, yeah. right? Every hukum uh, shari out there, every Islamic ruling out there, the way how it is derived and how it is plucked and harvested from the tree of fiqh is only the person who has knowledge is able to no, you pick it at this season, at this time, mm-hmm. in this way, you, so you don't damage yeah. it, right? Yeah. And and the, the damaging of the damage done to the fruit is sort of like when the sheikh uh, inserts a lot of other things into it. And so the product comes out a little bit different. You know, it's like a little bruised, uh, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's a little bruised in the process. You know, whatever trauma he had or he was angry about something, right? That's why they said, you know, like the the, the mufti should never give the fatwa when they are angry, right? The the qadli qadli should never give the fatwa whenever they're angry. They never give the hukum because uh, the fruit is going to be bruised, right? And and so so we as Muslims in general, what we see is 
the fruit. In fact, we don't see the fruit. All we hear is the name of the fruit. Haram, halal. Ah, right. Right. We hear of it. We don't even know the taste of it. We just know, oh, it's haram. Right. So we only know there's like, oh, you know, so, so that's the thing. They don't understand that there's like different levels of haram, right? Like, you know, like, is it, is it like a kabira, mean, a kabair, et cetera? Is it like a major yeah. sin, et cetera? You know, and like wajib, you know, what kind of wajib is it? You know, is it wajib part of the arkan, et cetera, right? And so we are like the end user, right? I don't know if you guys in Malaysia have like Costco. Okay. We do have we do have an yeah. ice yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like Costco, Carrefour, you know these big yeah, stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. These yeah. hypermarkets. Yeah, yeah, right. Hypermarkets. Yeah. Big supermarkets. So you know you right, go to right. Costco, to Carrefour, right? And it's just like you go and there's like oh free sample, right? Free sample, you know, okay. dumpling or free sample, whatever it is, right? Right. And, and you go by and you're like mm, free sample, and then and then what do you do? You pass a judgment on mm, is this good? Is it worth my money? Do I like it? How do I feel about it? How's it? price and we do not know anything about how it was how it came into our stomach we're just simply the passive consumer well that's it and that's how islam is being taught right now islam is taught like we're, we're we're like islam right now unfortunately is being taught like you know you have a plate and we're just saying Open your mouth, airplane coming in. Uh, And we just drop it in their mouth and we expect them to just digest, understand, and and be nourished from halal, haram, do it, don't do it, be quiet, etc. Right? Yeah. With you know, a slap and a shame and insult and whatever it is, right? And and we we just say, yeah, open your mouth and you know, eat it. Yeah. We don't think about and, and the thing is, I don't expect, I do not expect regular people who who are not students of knowledge, etc., to go and think very deeply into these things. I don't okay. expect them to do that. Right, right. Because Islam is both very, very, very detailed and it's also very, very easy. Yeah. Right? Mm, that's a really good point. Mashallah. Yeah, it's both. It works for both. However, what we're doing is the world is changing at this pace, the information that is going at this pace, yeah. and the pace of how Islam is being taught and how that fruit is being thrown into the mouth of the child, okay? That process is not matching the process of critical thinking that is outside in the world right now. Mm-hmm. So all these people- That's interesting are looking at they're like it's like you know like, like you know there's like a there's like a piece of fruit right there you know you're like oh here have a banana you know oh. and what do they do there the kid is looking at christmas mm. right right, right. Mm. oh well that looks like a very tasty fruit right well they're not paying attention is it? well it's not just about not paying attention it's, it's the parents that's just dropping it into their mouth oh yeah 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 right and so the kid is like oh christmas Oh, oh, there's this. There's that. Well, in that religion, it's okay. Right. It's okay to do that. Why can't I? Why can't I run around and be naked? You know, why can't I? Why, why can't I go and uh, you know have four girlfriends? And uh, uh, and by the way, me saying four girlfriends was not intentional to like 
for right. why. Right, right. I was about to think that. So like, why for? <laughs> right. You know? Uh, so, so that's the thing, you know? It's like, oh, you know, why can't I just go and, you know, take a swig of vodka, you know, and then, uh, you know, just enjoy myself, right? Or then go gambling. Mm-hmm. And so you have, so, so the thing is when, it's like when you don't know what you are eating, when you don't know what you're eating and you don't know the process of how that food was made, Right you automatically will not appreciate it. Oh, okay. You're not going to appreciate it. You're not going to understand the way how it, the, the, the way how it came about, right? Now, like I said, not everyone needs to know this because yeah. some people, you give them a little bit, alhamdulillah, they're good, right? Yeah. What I'm talking about is we need to elevate the level of teaching for Islamic studies to, we're not saying take them to this level. We're saying from here, we need to take them to like here, Increase it just a little bit because the way how the educational system works in and around the world is they are constantly doing critical thinking and and, and comparing and contrasting all these things. And they don't hear this kind of stuff, excuse me, within the Islamic framework. It's just shut up and sit down, open your mouth. There you go. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's why I say that you know critical thinking within Islam is such a, is such a important aspect, and it's it's not very complicated. You know, we're not asking mm. them to do like, for example, you know, halil al nas shari iswajul istidlal wa shahid You know, we're trying to oh, say, you know, like where is the proof and where is the relationship between the 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 and the istidlal and then the natija super technical stuff, right? We're not we're not trying to do that. All we're just trying to do is get them to appreciate where this comes from. When you buy organic food, do you know exactly the process of organic? No, no. But you come to appreciate that okay, certain rules were followed. That when it has a stamp organic, that okay, certain rules were observed in it in this way, mm. and that I know that you know what I can trust it. Right, mm. right now nobody knows what it is. Is it organic? Okay, organic like Quran Sunnah? Is it bid'ah? Is it is it is it heterodox? <laughs> is it is it is it, is, right. it, is it like you know bid'ah? I I translate it to processed food. You know. What is this come from? Right? Where did all of this ingredients? I can't even read this ingredient. Right? I can't even read this ingredient. Yeah. And, and and it's not and, and so that's the thing that, that, that I'm trying to get to is that we, we just need the kids to have an appreciation of when they read the ingredients that they would be able to say, yes, you know what? I can read these ingredients. I know what these ingredients are in general, mm-hmm. right? That's really good point. Yeah. It's, like, not, it's, it's, not not it's not that I can make it. It's not that I can make the product, but I can at least have an yeah. appreciation of what the building is exactly. of how it came to that point. Uh, yes. So I can be able to read the calories. I know exactly what nutritional value it is. Okay. I know uh, the, 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 the serving size, how to use it. They don't know how to do any of this. Wow. They don't know how to apply. They don't know. And, 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 and that's, this is something where I'm also very critical about, uh, uh, even as a graduate of Medina, right? And that is, you know, um, you know, Alhamdulillah, we study all of these things, but I don't believe like in Medina, there was a class, like a prerequisite. 
explicit, where they and they actually explain to you like it's epistemology of which, uh, so so epistemology is basically the theory of knowledge itself. The theory right? of knowledge, gotcha. The theory okay, of right, knowledge, right. you know, how do you validate knowledge? How do you know mm. knowledge itself? You know, it would be really good to know, like, obviously, whenever you say, like, well, it's Islamic epistemology, it was like, go on and send that. <laughs> right. but, but the thing is, is, is like, you know, obviously you're going to learn about, you know, like Tedween, a Sunnah, how was the Sunnah compiled? Yeah. You're going to learn that, right? You're going to learn about Usul. You're going to learn about, you know, Ulum al-Quran. How was the Quran compiled, right? But that is not an independent subject. That is, uh, gotcha. it's underneath tafsir. Right. Right? It's right. underneath tafsir. And 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 Mustalah Hadith, obviously, is a subject by itself that you study. Uh, but but they just simply teach it to you in a very, very scientific way. Like, boom, here's what it is. Okay. And it takes years and practice, especially when you're a teacher, when you're sitting there looking at these students and you're like, okay, we're over here in the clouds. And how do we bring it back to reality? Right. You know, how do we bring mm, it back? Right. How do you ground this in terms of the context of where we are today? Yeah. Right. Yeah. How do you ground it to reality? How do you take something so, uh, 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 so technical. Mm. And so that was my next phase in, in learning Islam when I came back and that was, okay, I've learned all this stuff. Right. And the first thing when you come back is you want to take all of this stuff and you want to share it with everyone. Okay. And you find out it's like, you're here and then everyone is still down here. Everyone nah. is still being fed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everyone is being, still being spoon fed and you're here talking about, I was at the farm and I was looking at how they pluck the fruit. They're like, what are you talking about? People don't understand you. Yeah. They don't understand. Right. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 um, and so that's, that's, um, that's something that, you know, I, I went through this exercise of explaining it because, you know, I want students to be able to, when they hear something, they don't need to know it but they need to be able to figure out like the main components, the building blocks of like, hmm, right. what is this wow. or even just the way how to think. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So just, sorry, just take a step back. Like when, so when you went to Medina with that kind of skeptic, like I, I want to know more about what this is about. So is that when you, when you started to learn things from the ground up, is that when you started to realize that that whole metaphor of the roots, because you started to recognize those roots now, and then you started to have the appreciation and hence where you are right now. You want to, I want to know how to convey this, the beauty of this holistic picture of Islam to the people and get them to, to appreciate that. To, to acknowledge their critical thinking in the framework of Islam. Did I get that right? Well, you're giving too much credit. I wasn't thinking that far ahead. I was just, <laughs> okay. you know, I need to, I need to understand what this is. And also I was just, you know, stuck with the frustration of, you know, like, this is really hard. It's all taught in Arabic and it's, uh, uh, yeah. you know, and I'm trying to figure out what is being said. I'm not understanding everything. So, oh. you know, it's really, really difficult. Right. Wow. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's 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 sort of you know, I do apologize. That's like an hours you know worth of, you know, talking about how I got to this place, you know. That's great. Um yeah, go ahead. That's, that's great though, but I, I just want to point out a really good point that you you uh, mentioned in the whole the whole description before that when you came back 
to America, you saw that gap, that, that systemic gap whereby kids are not learning as you were ex experiencing it in your um, childhood as well. So therefore, that's where the real gap is in educating our Muslim youth, right? You've got to get that way of learning, the method of learning up to par so that they, are, they connect more with Islam. They know the, the whys, the whys why they are doing a certain uh, the ibadah. And then a sense of identity will be there. So, so that's, I think, in majority of the Muslim world, especially in Malaysia as well, this is what we're missing at the moment. Mashallah. Well, yeah. I, I, I think, again, you give me too much credit. When I was coming back, I still hadn't snapped out of that. Oh, okay. I was right. still okay. in this, like, ooh, I learned all this stuff. I'm going to share right. it with everyone. Like, oh, right. okay. No and what year was this, by the way, Shia? Like, just to, for context. So, I'm sorry? Uh, which year was this that you came back from Medina back to the I States? came back in 2006. 2006. Oh, okay. That's a while ago. Okay. 15 yeah, years yeah. ago. Mashallah. Yeah. Right. So, I came back. And, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, like, mashallah, people are going to want to learn. People, you know, people are hungry for knowledge. And it's like, <laughs> uh, it's like, wake up. Like, you know, that's not how it is. No one really cares. See, that's the thing. You know, we, um, we, we as parents, we as Muslims, we sometimes think that, you know, because this is my passion, it should be everyone's passion. Yeah. Right? Ah, yeah. that's a really yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. We can't Very translate true. that. We expect we that, but yeah. wow. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. So there's this frustration. There's this frustration. Exactly. Uh, Even yeah. when you are learning, right? It's right. this black and white mentality of like, how can you not appreciate this? This is so important. Mm. How can yeah. you not care? <laughs> right? Like, well, what, what's wrong with you? Like, what, you know? Um, yep. I would, I would liken... Like, you know, in, in, like in, you know, in, 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 in terms of like, you know, um, like programming, for example, I don't know anything about programming, you know, or coding, but I have seen code before. I have been in code review sessions at work before. And I can tell you the, the person who goes and studies Islam is like the person who knows coding. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. The end users whether it is Java or it is C sharp or whatever it is, okay? However you are trying to deliver that code through API or whatever it is that you're delivering it through, okay? The customer on that end does not see code. Uh -huh. The customer sees gotcha. the UX, the UI yeah. design, the mm -hmm. web page, the colors. Right. That's okay. what the regular people see. The they don't interface. look at the code. Right. Yeah. All yeah, they right. think is it doesn't work. Sheikh <laughs> told me this. Sheikh right. told me this. I right. did it. It doesn't work. You told me to go click on that button. Error came back. It doesn't work. Right. Uh -huh. and, 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 and so that's what I'm trying to say is like, that's really good you know, point. it's like you have. You have, it's like the Muslim world right now is stuck on Windows 3.1. Oh. <laughs> okay. I They're still remember that, Sheikh. I, you, I yeah, installed oh, yeah. it with a diskette. I, yeah, I oh, there. yeah, diskette, you know? <laughs> yeah. Windows 3.1, right? 
maybe some of them have reached Windows 95, you know, some of them have gone to Windows 95, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, like really, really, you know, generally like the older generation, I consider them to be stuck on Windows 3.1, you know, (laughs) they're stuck in that, you know, and if you're a little bit younger, you know, you probably experience, you know, Windows XP, you know, which was like the best system. Um, uh, uh, It was, you know, if you really think about it, Windows XP was the most stable one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, second edition, right? Was the second edition? Well, no, whatever it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and you know, everyone was like in love with that, right? And then it's like the the obviously the students of knowledge are the ones that are at the forefront. You know, the scholars. They're the ones that are like you know at Windows Seven and Windows whatever Windows is right now. I don't even use it. I use Mac. Right? Oh, do you know? Okay. <laughs> I use Mac. Right. So. So, so, so it's like, you know, that's why I say, you know, it's like the, the, the student of knowledge doesn't sit there on a windows or a Mac. The, the, the student of knowledge is the one that's using Linux. Mm. Oh, wow. 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 Comple- okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> the student of knowledge is on the Linux. Right. 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 The, the, and you're trying to sit there and be like, well, you know, I'm trying to write this code here. And, you know, <laughs> how does this get translated into a Windows format? How does it look like in a Mac? And it's like, well, you know, you're thinking way, you know, you're thinking from like such a specific perspective. Different, different paradigm, isn't it? A completely different paradigm, right? Mm. And, and there's definitely, obviously, parallels, right? Because computers right. still work within that same concept, right? There's the input, yeah, there's yeah. the output, etc. There's the language. Yeah. 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 But but it, they function differently. Mm-hmm. And so 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 um you know it's it's funny because you know when you have like an end user that's like oh yeah you know how do you do that in Windows and you know the, the person on Linux is like oh God I have to explain this, you know, (laughs) you know, or you have the person like, you know, and then the big jump is when someone gets rid of windows and goes to Mac and, and, you know, they're like, I don't know how to do this in a Mac, you know, Mm, I don't know. I don't know how to do this in a Mac. I know how to do it in a windows. Right. Um, And, 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 and so the, 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 the thing that I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, you know, even in some ways, you know, the Madahib are like the different operating systems. They have the uh-huh. same, they have the same roots, right? The same logic, the same, the same methodology, but it's coming out in a different way, a different skin, a different design. It's coming out in a different, a different flavor, perhaps, right? It's a different flavor. It doesn't mean that one flavor is right, one flavor is wrong. It's just a different way of how the code was written. Right. For it to get to this point. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, uh, uh, you know, with that being said, you know, I, 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 you know, I also think of it, you know, sometimes within the, the, the paradigm of, you know, you have, you know, if you told someone from, you know, if you told someone, uh, you know, 300 years ago that I can take water and the water force can help me move my mill, you know, to grind the, the grain, right? Mm. How I can convert water, the energy, the flow of water into something else, right? They'd be like, yeah, 
You know, ancient people, you know, they, they figure that out. They figure right. that out. Right. But when you tell someone, okay, and this is going to convert into electricity. <laughs> right, right. Right. The, the waves to, can charge my mobile phone now. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's not like, just yeah. going to, it's going to, it's going to move this engine or, you know, whatever it is you right. can call it. And it's going to now generate power and this power can go back and do all of these sort of things. You know, we, we are, you know, when you learn Islam, you have to remember of, you know, how each process is going through. The regular person on the street is simply going to be like, oh, my house has electricity. That's all I care. The student of knowledge is, is at the river looking at the water and saying, hmm, are there any dams? Are there any clogs? How's the water? Ooh, yeah, rain? Okay. How fast has the rain come this season? Will there be an extra water? Is this going to, you know, how much is the impact? Everybody has a different role. But the yeah. point is, is that wherever you are in that process, whether you are the coder, whether mm. you are the QA analyst, whether you are the person who is rolling out, you're the, you're the change control person, whether mm. you are the project manager, the business reviewer, the end user, the client, whatever. It's like the only way that software works is when you don't, you, you don't need to know exactly everything. I mean, the coder, does he really know everything down the chain of what happens? No. Mm. All he focuses yeah. on the code, but he has an idea of where it's going to get to. Right. Right. Right now, we, I think like, you know, we need to have students to get to a point where they can just be aware of that process. Mm. I don't need them to be expert in one of them. You know, to be a coder or to be, you know, I don't need them to be in that kind of role. I just need them to understand this is what goes on behind the scenes. That's all. Mm -hmm. That's all. Mashallah. Mashallah. It's a really good point. So, Shay, I'm just wondering as well, because the topic that we chose was... Um, Empowering critical thinking in Muslim youth. And this was extracted directly from your Instagram page where you described that I, I, I empower Muslim kids to think critically. Yeah. So maybe just to set the scene here, like what does it mean by critical thinking? Because, you know, like a lot of us in the modern day today, like we look at the word critical thinking, it's kind of like viewed rather from what critical thinking it probably is not. So for example, people think like, oh, for you to be questioning everything but politics, oh, that's critical thinking. And if you don't oh. question things, you're kind of like, ah, oh, you're not a critical thinker. You're kind of like the sheep, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And then if you start like going into the route of the extreme, like liberalism or atheism, right. and the fact that you are able to challenge the religion, mashallah, this is critical thinking. So what does this mean in practice? Like what what, what do you say, what, what in practice, what does critical thinking mean in, in a context that you're trying to bring well that's all the time we have for this episode and we hope that you had a taste of what really goes on in the muslim youth's thinking from ustad's own experience make sure you stay tuned to the next episode which is part two of empowering critical thinking in muslim youth where we will inshallah explore the many layers of critical thinking to understand what it's all about and more importantly how we can use it to our unfair advantage Jazakumullahu khairan wa barakallahu fikum.